welcome to another episode of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard and I will be your host for today or tomorrow or Wednesday or Friday. Summer loving, happy summer. Sing along. No. And um, joining me today, <laughs> he's not solid. He's not sticky. He's a little bit slicky. He's a little bit drippy. It's Tom Heath. Hello. <laughs> From Slicker Drips. Hello, Tom Heath. How are you? Hello. It's a very accurate introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, obviously, we're just it's just the facts here, as we know. Opinions, opinion um, doesn't outweigh facts. It's just the facts here, sir. How are you doing? How are you, are you well? Uh, I'm fine, thanks. I'm pretty well. Yes. You've been busy. Yeah. Well, loads of Kickstarters. For the people that hate Kickstarter videos... This isn't their week, is it not? No, it's just just a lot. It's just dates, isn't it? I can't change when those videos come out. <laughs> but who who doesn't like Kickstarter videos? Then I I always think I always think they're good fun. I always like to see people kind of giving an, a kind of an opinion on kind of things and what they think about stuff, which is always a kind of a good thing. I guess I better do the admin stuff anyway. So, um, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming along. Because this kind of ended up. A... Thank you for having me. Well, I can. I just. I've, I've seen talk shows. I just kind of. Mess- I can do this. I just kind of messaged you and went, "Do you want to come on?" And you were like, "Well, yeah, do it." I was like, "No." It's like I don't know that. <laughs> I just think. So it was like I sent you flowers, chocolates, cuddly toy, um, PlayStation Four, PlayStation VR. Two weeks to Bahamas, and I think that was kind of eventually you said yes. So it's cost me a lot of money to get you on tonight. Yeah, you wore me down eventually. I just, I just like the idea of me being deleted if it's awful. <laughs> but it's not going to be, is it? No, it's going to be. You're, it's really funny. You could tell somebody who creates content on the fly against somebody who ultimately really plans their content and looks at every meticulous detail. It's kind of quite interesting because I just like you know what I mean it's like I tell you what Tom. And this is a perpetual joke. I'll send you over the show notes. And it's like, where are the show notes? And there is no show notes. We're just going to have a conversation and see how it goes. For people who have not joined us before, thank you very much for joining us. You should be wondering what's going on. Well, strap in because um, I don't know what's going on either. But the reason that we do this is because there's quite simply not enough podcasts out there about board games. And the other reason that we do this is because... We love content creators, and if we have a chance to speak to a content creator, we take the chance to speak to a content creator, because content creators do very, very important jobs out there by making you aware of wonderful and fantastic games that you should get your hands on, and also, in sometimes making you aware of maybe games that you should keep your hand in your pocket and not bother pressing the purchase button on them. Isn't that correct, Mr. Tom, sir? Sadly, sometimes. On occasion, on occasion. Um... What we like to do at We're Not Wizards is we like to find out a little bit about people's kind of history in relation to the hobby. So we like to have a kind of, I guess, a um, a rewind to the past. A pause all on, the way back. All the way back. A pause on the present before we fast forward into the future in a videotape type style. <laughs> um, but we do want to find a little bit about the history of yourself. So do you want, yeah, I mean, do you want to start off? Like giving us a little bit of background about how you got involved in the kind of the, the pressed and printed trees. Well, 
all all the old all the old stuff, all the childhood, you know, payday, Monopoly, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And a few maybe unusual ones, like I loved game show board games. Uh-huh. I did a video for the Supermarket Sweep one. Oh, That's yeah. genuinely one that I had. <laughs> I didn't buy it for a video. I had that when I was a kid. And, you know, Strike It Lucky and all that stuff. And then faded away, forgot they existed. And I can't remember why, but I became aware of Arkham Horror about 10 years ago, maybe. And decided that that was the thing. Oh, no, it was the World of Warcraft board game. Because Ooh. we were playing World of Warcraft, the big, huge yeah. box thing. Because that's, that's and, really difficult to get hold of nowadays. I know people yeah. call that like a grail game for a lot of people. I don't remember anything about the game itself. Yeah. I remember the people I played it with didn't really like it, and they were really into World of Warcraft, so it kind of just fizzled out from there. I bought Arkham Horror, and we played that once. They didn't really like it, and I didn't really pursue it. And then years and years later... I think we watched Tabletop. We just stumbled across it on YouTube and then watched all of those and probably like a load of people bought most of the games that they did on there and thought, this is this is really great. We love board games. Let's find more and more and more about them. And then as more were coming out, I started to find all of the people that everybody watches now. You know, finding the Dice Tower and Rado. Rado especially. Yeah. Finding out that I like... You know, the most boring themes imaginable <laughs> is just just really appeals to me. And if you can get away with never if if you can just be as separate as possible yeah. in your games, if you can basically be playing multiplayer solitaire, then that that just does it for me. But that's yeah, it's just turned into a crazy I, I imagine like a lot of people. A lot of people talk about, you know, like acquisition disorder and stuff. It starts out, doesn't it, that you just you see this glut of games that have existed for a few years now, and you just think, I need all of them. I wonder if there's. How, how... I wonder if there should be a starter set. I wonder if there should be yeah. kind of a do you like this theme? Because you know everyone talks about they talk about settlers of Catan. You talk about Carcassonne. For some reason, a lot of people do talk about Arkham Horror, and I don't know if it was maybe because it's been around so long that it's maybe one of these like sideways kind of gateway games to say, "Ah, oh, I see you got Monopoly there. How about something a little bit more scarier and kind of <laughs> you know H.P. Lovecraft, right? Can I buy property in it? Um, no." <laughs> uh, okay, but there is dealing with potential the the old ones. Oh, okay then. Well, did they allow me to buy property? Um, no. Uh, is there any property in it at all? Um, no, it's Arkham Horror. What do you think it's about? The property's already been destroyed <laughs> exactly. in Arkham Horror. We're stumbling around the rubble. I'd really like to remember. I've tried to remember why it was Arkham Horror that I bought. Yeah. Because that was that was knowing absolutely nothing about board games, not even really knowing that they were a thing. But yeah, maybe maybe it was being in the shop that I bought. I found out there was a board game shop locally that isn't there anymore, annoyingly. But yeah, I bought World of Warcraft from them, so maybe I saw it on the next shelf or something and thought, I really I really need this. I wonder what it was. What was the board game shop called? Do you remember? Shire Games. It it, it existed in until about a year ago now. Oh, that's a shame. It kind of moved around. Yeah. But yeah, it was the the same thing. It was it was still there when I fully got into board games properly. But yeah, I, he doesn't even remember me going there, I'm sure, all that time ago. But 
I want to know. I'd like to delve back into the past and see what it was that made me point towards that. And we, I remember that even when, even when we were starting back up, you know, the the tabletop days. Yeah. When we, when we were watching all of that stuff, we still, I still had Arkham Horror. I'd sold on World of Warcraft, hopefully for a lot of money. Hopefully. I can't remember, <laughs> but hopefully it went for a good price. I probably sold it when it was still pretty easy to get, and kicked myself later. But yeah, we we played Arkham Horror when I was trying to get friends into it, and now I think back at like playing it for, I don't know, an eight an eight player game of it, playing it all day. I, I I don't know how I did that now. Now when I'm kind of looking at my watch when it takes like an hour and a half, two hours. I wonder what stamina we had to keep going, battling the old ones for eight hours. Did you snack? I think there was a barbecue involved, so there was probably big see, gaps. Yeah, see, that's okay. And then, and know. not really taking the game very seriously. Yeah. Like it probably wasn't high on the priority, but still. I was just looking at the, wiki. Was, looking at the, wi- looking at the wiki for it. 1987 it came out at. What did? 1987, Arkham Horror. Did it? Yeah. Originally published in 1987 by Chaosium. Wow. Yeah, it's very old. So maybe it has been around since the ages. Maybe it was like something that tugged secretly at the kind of the, the very base instinct of your humanity, which is why you decided <laughs> to pick it up in the first place. It's either that or you thought Monopoly was rubbish. <laughs> it's like one of I those th- things. I thought this was the next gateway game. Yeah. I've seen some relation to that and Monopoly. Maybe, maybe it's because it had a great big board. There were locations on it. My mind just jumped from that to from Monopoly to that. I just wonder if there's potentially a crossover kind of thing, you know, what you get. And I'm getting the water, the electricity, and Cthulhu. <laughs> the 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 surely the way they go with Monopoly licensing, surely a Cthulhu one isn't far off. You gotta wonder, eh? What happens when they've made a Monopoly version of everything that's ever existed? They I mean they make a big Monopoly that has all the Monopoly things that they've made Monopoly of. <laughs> Around the corner, Monopoly, Monopoly. Um, yeah, and then what happens is the Monopoly's commission will turn up and go, right, enough. <laughs> You've had your Monopoly. You're not getting aim in the Monopoly, and then there'll be other companies that'll come in, and then they'll have to change the name from Monopoly, so it'll all go around. You get new versions of stuff. So do you? Re- I mean, do you remember what kind of felt when you fell back in again? Like I know you mentioned, it, oh, I've got all these. About, I've got all these game kind of games again and stuff like that. But do you remember when you kind of did it? It was about I don't know about. It was at least three years ago now. I think maybe four years ago. The yeah. the thing I the kind of thing I remember. We'd we'd been in it for maybe a few months, and then Five Tribes came out. So I could find out right now when Five Tribes came out, couldn't I? With the internet, we could do. We could. It, do. it was longer than I thought. I think twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen. So it's been. Oh. About four years now, because it was it was months before that. That was the first kind of thing that I'd found for myself that I, that wasn't recommended through maybe Will Wheaton. But yeah, we we bought all of those. Trying to think now, the the Resistance and Small World and Pandemic, all of those that were kind of featured on those early shows, and then. I think Pandemic is maybe the only one we've still got out of those. It was kind of a novelty at first, and then finding out that, oh, we don't really enjoy a lot of these games as much. They made it look like it was really fun. <laughs> then people that are really funny and know each other already. 
Maybe that was maybe that was the entertaining part and the game all games aren't for everybody. That's one of the things. You are allowed to you are allowed to um, not like things that other people like. You're also allowed to like things that other people don't like. Yeah. You know. I saw um and I'll bring this in because it did kind of boil my potatoes a bit, but I saw some of the, one of these uh, wonderfully educated people on one of the Facebook groups putting up a picture of, you know, oh, isn't this just the saddest picture in the world? And it's like a an entire shelving unit full of like games which were pretty mainstream. And it's like, why are you, why are you jumping down on people who are trying to get into a hobby or you know? Because it had Monopoly and it had Mousetrap and it had like Power Grid. It had Power Grid in it for goodness sake, which a lot a lot of people also see as yeah, that's unusual. Game. Exactly, which I thought, and it was like there was that. And this guy was like, I was like, you elitist little sad man that you're not wanting. You know, I'm not. I'm not being funny. I'm. I, I was gonna go into right. I'm gonna go into full rant mode. Where's my soapbox and my high horse? Here we go. I'm gonna type some magic now. Cracks my knuckles. <laughs> and then I went. No, nah, I'm just gonna leave it because it's, you're just kind of like you know posting it for clickbait. But I thought you know, in all everybody that I kind of interview generally start off and say yeah well it started off you know I did the old favourites did Monopoly did Cluedo did Connect Four you know. Jumped on to Escape from Atlantis, Lost Valley, The Dinosaurs, then moved up to Hero Quest, and it's like, these are all the games that people cut their teeth on. Why are you being so flippin' elitist about you? Just because they didn't pay, you know, two hundred dollars for flipping Heroes of Land, Sea and Air, all of a sudden you're not as good a gamer as other people. Ran over yeah. forward slash <laughs> Tom or backslash. Well, I was or. I was always pleased. Maybe in the last, maybe not now because it's going, isn't it? But Toys R Us always had a huge board game range, even in the last maybe five or ten years, and I would have guessed that kids now, kids these days wouldn't have really been into that, but it seems like Friends have stuck such a big range, or maybe that's why they've gone out of business. I I know why they went out of business, and it's not a... It's not too a, many board games. It's <laughs> too many monopolies, isn't it? I think it's potentially when they've got Toys R Us monopoly and Star Wars monopoly. And you're just looking <laughs> around and everything's kind of like monopoly. No, they always had the funny one in which the, the dog with a pump that you pumped things and then little poos came out the end, and that was always glorious. I mean, that was right up there as scythe in terms of tactics. You know, it's push your luck ultimately. You know, whether or not the dog does a little kind of poo at the end of it which is always interesting but yeah and I've said this before I'm always kind of interested in the fact that you go into like a toy shop and I will not see one board game that I would say are the kind of the big new modern flavour of board games which it always astounds me it's like as you know you know Asmodee what are you doing why are you not chapping on the door of these places and saying hey guys would you like a selection of this I think the only place I've seen it is Waterstones the bookstore and they yeah. had like um, they've had like they've had Catan in there. They've had uh, Scotland Yard in there. They've had a few other kind of things in there as well. Oh, Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. So I was quite pleasantly surprised by that. But that was always kind of always kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to get to a point where like we went to America. I think it was it's nearly two years ago now. But to see to walk into a supermarket and see all of those classic Monopoly mousetrap things and then alongside them a big range of pandemic and ticket to ride and stuff like it would be nice to get to that point but i don't think it's a big i don't i don't rant and rave that people are still playing monopoly no although although i would really like to never play monopoly again you played monopoly gamer no i haven't 
You should. I don't think I'd like it. Really? Because you... I don't know. I can't remember why now. I, dis- I decided I wouldn't like it. I, tr- I tried to convince... I've got a brother who's 11. Oh, and right. I tried to convince him that he should get it. Kind of so I could play it a little bit. But he wasn't interested. It's all about the the YouTubers and the Stampies. Oh, don't go and Stampy Longhead. We like Stampy Longhead in our in our house. He's going all out. But that's because my um my son at the moment is a he's a big fan of him. I can't I have to, I can't even turn the volume down because every time I turn the <laughs> volume down, he's like you know he's just a bit you know. Um, I don't know. I just don't want to um, desecrate her because he's obviously he's doing really, really well. But Monopoly Gamer, yeah, I think 11 is a bit old for it. But my anything kind of under that age, it's good. It's a good little romp around. It's like rolling the dice and you get two dice and then one of the dice is the roll and move and the other dice is like it's coins or shells or pow or something like that. And it does little things. And the good thing about it is as well, it's not infinite as well. So you can't play this game for like two hours. You'll be lucky if you even get 45 minutes out of it because it's got like, you know, you pass go. Yeah. Every time you pass go, somebody picks up a boss card. So you've got like all of the Lennies and Wendy's and all of the Koopa kids and then finally end up with Bowser. So depending on the number of people you have, you kind of, every time somebody passes go, you elect to pick up a boss fight. As soon as you run out of boss fights, then you decide the winner who's got the most property and who's got the most money. So it's not like, this is our five of Monopoly and, you know, all the properties are bought and, you know, Mother's managed to collect all of the money. She's just slowly draining us of our lives as we speak <laughs> kind of thing. You know, it's kind of a sweet... So, yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I would, I would rather that of an experience of playing normal Monopoly with my brother. <sighs> Because it's yeah, it's it's kind of a cliche among board game people like that guy that you mentioned yeah. in the Facebook group. That's what I end up sounding like. But it is really like trying to get away from the cliche of it. It is really terrible to exp- like, not as a game or anything, but as an experience. It's awful, and I really hope that I don't have to do it again. But I imagine I will one day. I'll yeah. be around with some people, and oh, why don't we just play Monopoly? But you... all of my games are burnt down or something. <laughs> But are you kind of, I mean, you're talking, you mentioned your younger brother. Are you actively trying to kind of get him into the hobby as well? Or is he kind of, you mentioned he's at that kind of YouTube age, so he's sitting there going, hello, it's Stampy. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I, I can kind of, I can gently nudge sometimes. Like, oh, we could play this. I think we, we've played like Carcassonne yeah. and stuff like that. And that's that's his favourite board game. But I think that's because that's the only one that he's he can remember. He can he can remember the the one with the castles. That's what he calls it. Have you but not? Yeah, have you not? If, if, sorry. If eventually, once like at the moment, I think I think FIFA's just passed. All oh, right. Although maybe that's still going on. Yeah. It's, it's very video game. It's Fortnite oh, is the thing. But it's just. And I sound more like a fossil now because I don't really play video games anymore. Like I would have been all up on this a few years ago. But yeah, yeah, I would have been able really to tell now. you what it's all about, but now I just look at it. I know, and you, you're right. It's like when I go to um, when I go to a class that I'm doing Taekwondo, and there's a couple of kids turn up, and they're like a lot younger than me, and all they're doing is they're sitting at the top playing, talking about playing Fortnite, and it's like it sounds like the premise sounds like the most boring game in the universe, but somehow <laughs> the kids completely, completely like kind of really, really love it. What about Destiny? Because I was playing Star Wars Destiny on Friday, and my son, 
he really likes Star Wars Destiny. He's he's actually twelve. Have you have you tried the kind of the the kind of the card game approach with him as well? No, he might he might like things like that. Like I think he'd like the especially the opening packets element of it. Oh yeah, probably more than the game. But I probably would have when I was a kid. Yeah, like the amount that was spent on sticker albums and things like oh, that, goodness. and Pokemon cards. Oh, like just a small fortune, absolute small fortune. Um, so. I mean, you must have a decent collection then. I mean, you want okay. It's are you one of these people that you are constantly kind of clearing out, getting rid of games, or do you at the point are looking at well, you know, we can always look at getting one of those beds that flips up so there's storage <laughs> under there kind of thing. I th- well, I I used to be like that, and as it slowly expanded across the living room and then onto the floor, <laughs> like there was a point where I I live with my girlfriend and. She was always kind of, you know, I would, I would like to get it to the point where we only have it on shelves. Yeah. And I always thought, but but there are more games to buy. We, we haven't played all of the games yet. But then slowly I started, I, I think I saw it one day without board games everywhere and thought, oh, actually, this would be nice. It would be nice to be able to walk across the floor. <laughs> It'd be nice, so nice, nice to know what colour the carpet was. Yeah. Oh, it, it's nice when things are tidy. It's not just a thing that people say. When did we get the cat? <laughs> <laughs> so I, now it's yeah, now it's like a constant. What 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 do I need to get rid of? Is is this really worth keeping? I suppose it doesn't it hasn't really made a difference to my opinion of things, but yeah. it's definitely led to me selling things that I have said are really really good. I mean, how strict are you? I mean, with that, because I think you know. I see big collections, and I'm like, oh, okay, big collections, cool. But then I think, do you actually have the ability to play every single game in there? And and I wonder about these people that have amassed massive numbers of games, and then it's a case of, well, how do you... Even the guys that have... Guys and girls that have plenty of time, that seem to have plenty of time, that seem to be board gaming two, three times a week, and they've got hundreds of games, I'm still wondering... Do you really manage to kind of get your money's worth out of every kind of game? You know, do you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get no value out of my games at all anymore because it's so unusual that we go back to them. But like, kind of a virtue of making the get making the videos, it's always well. I've I've always got a backlog to play yeah. for the next video, so it's rare that we go back to any. But I think even if we had time to, we we'd never. It, some some of the things I think that some of the things that we've sold, I kind of think we haven't played this for years, and if we went back to it, would I still have the same opinion? And s- sometimes, like like something like Glass Road, we hadn't played for yeah. over a year. I, I know that I really love that. I don't really. That's not going to change over time. But I think there are things we've c- games that we were kind of happy about. I can't think of an example now, but early on into our gaming i think i was talking about this on something else i can't remember i don't want to bore people by repeating myself but maybe because we we are pretty care bear players we yeah. don't attack each other or steal anything like that yeah and i think early on we would play games that had a bit of that in uh-huh. but now we've gone so long playing games with absolutely none of it in when we go back to one it seems now now that we, so what was quite a, t- a tame game a couple of years ago now seems like like brutal. And if you said if we said it to anyone else, they'd be like, "What? You you're upset by that? Like that's that's nothing." I play like Twilight Imperium or something. 
I don't even know if that's a mean game. I just I'm so tough. Yeah, tough. You don't know you don't want to mess with the tough Andrea. Why? They play Twilight Imperium, so everybody plays Twilight Imperium occasionally. I tried to pull out a mean game out of my head, but that's that's how little I know about them. That's how quickly I disregard them. But yeah, we find that sometimes is a way of getting rid of them, and and maybe games that games that I really liked and Rachel didn't. Earlier on, I would kind of think maybe she'll come round. It's just one more play, and she'll suddenly change her mind about this. But now I've come to realise that that's almost certainly not going to happen, and it's not really fun to try and force a game on someone. Do you, I mean, so, is that do you play a lot of games with your partner then? I mean, you almost play? all of them. Yeah, yeah, and like that, I, I mainly do two players because that's that's mainly how I play. Maybe ninety-five percent of the time. Sometimes we play with friends, and occasionally I'll have games going on without her. Maybe because she doesn't want to be involved, but usually it's the two of us. But that's that's how it started, really. Yeah, it's like a, a couple's thing. And some of our friends are into it, and some aren't. But yeah, usually, usually she's there and up for playing some new things. Although sometimes, understandably, she just wants to check out of games that she can see. She can see once it's laid out in front of her. Yeah. And the rules have been explained that. Just, no. Why did you, Why did you agree to this? <laughs> exactly. Have you played a game with me before? <laughs> exactly. Do you not even know me? Kind of yeah, there, there there are times when I'm setting up the game that I, it suddenly clicks in my head. Oh, oh she's gonna hate this. <laughs> why, why did that not occur to me? It's like Vic and, Do- Vic and Bob with a dog. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just set up this. I'm just gonna set up this nice game of Twilight Imperium. Oh no, what am I doing? My wife's gonna <laughs> kill me, and nobody is gonna get that. Whatsoever, there's going to be. A I hope they do. I hope they do because that was class. That was. <laughs> but nobody's ever. They're not going to get it in the states. They're going to go. What are you? What are you talking about? Vic and Bob, look it up, guys. It's on YouTube. Yeah, all, on all YouTube. of you states people, you need to. Yeah. You need to get on it, really. Just really, really need to get on it. You were crying about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Get yourself some Vic and Bob. You'll have no yeah. idea what's going on, but you will occasionally laugh or maybe guffaw. But this, this, um. Do they help kind of form your opinion then? I mean, okay, I mean, in your situation where you've played a game and you have obviously went, this is, this is definitely very, very good. And you look up and she's like going, well, you know. Like, it kind of, so, sometimes it's good to have as a point in the video of mentioning, well, I thought all of this stuff, I'm, I'm generally a lot more positive about the games because I've, I've usually picked something that, I know I'm going to like. Well, or I've got a pretty good idea that I'm going to like from reading the rules, as much as you can know. But then, yeah, Rach is very... Not negative about games, but very... Just in the middle about them. Like, think things are... It, it takes something special to get a recommendation from Rachel. So if, if she... If I turn around at the end of the game and she's like, that, that was brilliant, then it's something extra special. Like that was, that was that was the confirmation for Gloomhaven that, like, not only am I gonna obsess and go on and on and on about it forever, but yeah, it clicked with her as well. For some reason, Trajan, I don't remember, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, that's 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 a 
that's maybe a, a silly thing that I'm, tr I'm still trying to figure out some kind of formula to it as if there is one. It's like, well, if you like Trajan, maybe you'll like this game, but no, it never works like that. <laughs> but I suppose things I like don't really work like that anyway. But then, when Just... I mean, when you're forming your opinion, do you take her opinion into account? I mean, if she, if she doesn't like a game, are you saying to her like, okay, well, what what are the reasons? Rather not a case of right, this this looks this doesn't isn't for me. Do you kind of try and explore? Because I'm I'm very aware that board I, games I, are I, so subjective. Yeah, I I try to, but she's very kind of. I just feel that way, and I don't I I can't explain it. <laughs> and maybe sometimes she can or wants to, but often it's just this is this is the opinion, and that's and that's that. So like it's it's good to kind of it's it's good to sometimes have points to bring up in the video that's when I'm just effusive and ridiculously over the top about a game mm. it's good to say well the the person that i played it with was maybe more realistic about it and thought these yeah. things were stupid yeah so i can't really even when she said these the things to me sometimes it's definitely oh i hadn't realized that actually that does take away from the game but often it's like oh i, did, I didn't really feel that way like the one of the videos that went up today was uh post-human saga yes and I really liked the combat system in it. I liked that you had a lot of choice. There was some luck in there, but you had a lot of choice. You had a lot of control. It was a bit of a puzzle to think about what you're going to do. And Rach, the, the exact same combat system and the exact same play of it, thought it was just fiddly and too many steps and would have just preferred it to just be simpler, even if that meant bringing more luck into it. So it never, it didn't change. It didn't dampen my excitement about it but yeah it's cool to kind of think oh yeah that's another way of looking at it yeah i mean it gives you a different point of view because i think one of the things that um you can struggle with as somebody if you preview or review games at all is trying to think of it from an everyman perspective which is yeah. why and sometimes you end up with kind of like a, a greek yogurt style review which is you know you've left all the flavor to one side and the other pot yeah. And you're scared to scoop it over in case people don't like apricot yogurt. You know, they like <laughs> they like strawberry yogurt. But I do see that. I mean I see it um I you know, I see it a lot in the video game space. I mean if I see another game scoring a, f a seven, I think I'm gonna hurt somebody. Because <laughs> you know, people aren't willing this this lack of commitment to actually say, Well look, this this is good, I enjoyed it, but it has its flaws. Um to people kind of like, you know, just committing and saying, okay, I, I try to think about the guy that does like worker placement. I'm trying to think about the, the person that doesn't like worker placement. I'm trying to think about the person that loves a game for its art, that doesn't love a game for its art. And I think it can be, it can be difficult to be emotional about an experience and then try and kind of make that experience kind of fit for, kind of for, for everybody. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a weird thing to do. Like it's, I, I found myself, I found myself kind of well, I've stopped myself at some videos saying I've I've been going on so long now about what people might not like about it or what kind of people might have an issue with this or that. It's just I I, I could just spend a load of that time that I've just spent talking about things that I liked about it, which is the the most useful thing that I can say. Mm -hmm. Like not that people can take it to heart. Yeah. Like all the people that want objective reviews are never gonna well, they're never gonna find that anyway, to be honest. But they're definitely not gonna find it with me. I find that like 
like a, I think all of those Kickstarter reviews, I really like them. But in the Villagers one, I did, I did a load of videos today. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast bit. But yeah, there was a Villagers one. And that one particularly really excited me. And I think that comes across in the video that although I was pretty positive about all of them, there was something special that just clicked in that one. And I couldn't really explain what it was. It's a short it's just... video. It's a short video. It's a very, yeah. it's a little bit, there's a lot of energy to that video as well. You can tell that you kind of enjoy it because there's a little kind of, I don't really want to be sitting down here. I kind of want to be standing up and moving around. I want to be Jon Snow in this bad boy and getting up. And <laughs> I want to be pointing arms left, right and centre and tell you kind of where I like it. And you kind of get that because you you didn't go into, you went into enough detail, but it was like the video was like seven or eight, nine minutes long. So it was enough detail. Probably shorter than that even, yeah. yeah. But it was very kind of, yeah, this is, you know, I'm just going to tell you. Wow, you know. And, yeah. it's, and it's, it's always hard that, like, the kind of a, a Rado thing, I will end up mentioning Rado a million times, but he always said, uh, you know, don't watch the final thoughts, watch the playthrough, that's what you should be forming your opinion on. And I always thought, as a viewer, like, oh, you don't need to tell me that. Like, I like watching the final thoughts, but... The more I've kind of made the videos and you get feedback from people that like, oh, I bought it just based off uh, off your opinion video. Yeah. And that's when it starts clicking in your head that, oh, no, I made this hour long playthrough video for you to decide whether you liked it or not. Like me just going, God, oh, that was brilliant. Don't let that influence you because I'm just an idiot talking. I'm just a giddy fool just saying how much I loved a certain thing or how disappointed I was that I didn't love a thing. But do you attract a certain type of audience? I mean, because, I mean, reality is you've got over 6,000 subscribers, so you're obviously you don't get that through kind of luck. I mean, that's that's hard work. I mean, every subscriber, once you get above, you know, get above your magic hundred is flipping hard work. You I mean, there's no yeah. two ways about it. You don't just land subscribers by, you know, putting the stuff out over a period of time. Yeah, eventually. You know, you'll yeah, gain I'm... the number, you'll gain a certain number of subscribers. So do you find you attract a certain type of viewer when you're scouring the comments? So you is it is it do you seem to attract kind of like minded people, do you think, based on the kind of the comments that you get on the videos? I don't know really. I th- there are a lot of people disagreeing with me, which I'm pleased about. There aren't that many people annoyed with me. Yeah. I expected more and just just kind of based on my experience of the internet. And seeing the comments of other people, not necessarily board game people. Yeah. I was expect I was expecting more random internet vitriol. Not that I want that. Don't just don't take that as an invitation. But yeah, in in general, <laughs> put a it's link in the show notes. Pleasant disagreement. <laughs> don't put a link in the show notes to recommend random vitriol. <laughs> if you have something you want to get off your chest, or something if you've come out today and discovered that, you know, a bird has done its business on your car, and you want to get one back at the man. <laughs> Go to Slugger Drips. Yeah, there's there's always board game YouTubers you can take out on. <laughs> Picky, pick his latest video, you know, <laughs> and just go to town. You knock yourself out, you fill your boots, you know what I mean? How dare a bird evacuate or a back evacuate their bills on your shiny new clean car. You just go to town, son. We'll put the we'll put the links in the show notes. Do you get um one thing when I had Rado on, um and um what are the things he said? One of the things he's, we talked about was people correcting you on the rules. Yeah. Do you get that? That's probably the majority of my comments. Like I, I don't know what percentage, 
Yeah. But it is, it is pretty... Like, I do, I do make... I don't know if I make as many as Rodo, <laughs> but yeah. I make a lot. Yeah. Like I, I, well, I've got the advantage of sometimes I can catch myself making it and yeah. either just edit out the mistake <laughs> and hope people won't notice that the numbers are a bit a little bit wonky. Oh dear. Or maybe I've realised in the middle of filming and I can kind of awkwardly try and reset back to where I made the mistake and film the thing that I didn't do. Have you? But uh, yeah, the, there are you... plenty of mistakes and yeah, pe- people people do. It's 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 definitely helpful, but it's exhausting trying to keep up with that amount of stuff. I do recently. Yeah. It's worth uh, crediting Steve Ercolini. He's one of my viewers, and he has kind of taken on the mantle of helping me with the mistakes that I make. So he watches them before they go up now, and catches a ridiculous number of errors. So that's kind of reduced the need for commenting as much because he's pretty good at catching them. And I haven't stopped making them. <laughs> Did you find you sometimes make mistakes just to catch him out and make sure he's doing his job? <laughs> well, yeah. I just, I, I, well, just generally. It's just to get more comments. <laughs> just I, would like just, I would just make perfect videos, but no one would, I'd get no feedback. And welcome to a playthrough video of Cries Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> what? Cries Havoc by Portal... <laughs> by Proto Games. <laughs> It's not. Yes, it is. It's Cries Havoc. Steve? 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 Uh, he says it's seven wrong. <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, do you... I mean, how do you get How do you get into this? Did you just pick up a video camera and went, right, okay, if Rado can do it. Oh, by the way, can you do Hey Everybody in the way that Rado does it? Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Today, yeah. Tom plays through. <laughs> You should try and ask him to do it. Well, it's it's really it's it's hot. I noticed. I don't know. Maybe I've hopefully hopefully I've shaken it by now. But definitely early on, it was consciously trying not to say which, which every it's like he does his intro and then he's like he says the name of the game and then which is a such such like I found myself saying it with that exact inflection yeah. so many times just thinking like, <clears throat> oh they're just gonna think I'm a I'm a rip off merchant. I'm trying to be an English rider. <laughs> I don't think anybody could could get that get that crown. He's just, well, I cut I cut the witch out, so no one could think that of me now. <laughs> but no, I mean, how'd you get into it? Did, I, I mean, did you just like go one day and went, "Well, I can do this." I mean, I'm, what what am I going to lose? I mean, I might as well try it and see what happens, kind of thing. Eventually, yeah. I th- I think I'd been thinking about doing it for a, maybe six months before I ended up doing it. I was thinking about it at the Essen before I started doing it because I'd had some games from my local shop that didn't have any videos and all of the big people have such big Essen lists. There were things like Grand Austria Hotel. I remember a lot of people saying like, oh, I'd, I'd really like to see how this plays. And Eurados and everyone, they've got so many games to get through. They yeah. haven't got to that one yet. So I was tempted to do it, but kind of... I can't remember why now, but I'd managed to talk myself out of it. I think I, I ran out of reasons to not do it. And so one day, I was like, well, you'd better, you'd better do something with this day. Better finally film a video. So it was, I, I missed that setup, though. It was like, it was my iPhone on a tripod from Poundland that you can kind of, it's, it's stretchy and it how, fits your phone in it. How much was a tripod? It's, it's, it was a pound back when they only sold things for a pound. That's a but whole other podcast. That is a whole That's... other podcast. What are you up to, Poundland? How much is that? 
you go over a pound, it's like, no, it's not a pound, that's two pound. But it's called Poundland. You can't say it's sometimes two pound land. Sometimes Poundland. I don't know, are they not in trouble at the moment? Are they not trying to like sell their sell their business off or something like that? They're close to going into administration. Maybe. Maybe people Maybe. just had over enough the of the Trades Descriptions Act. They just had enough of their two pound nonsense. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't get a cheap tripod there now. No one, can, no one can start board game YouTubing there. You just have to storm it out. You'll the tripods never, are you'll two never have my now. business again. You'll never have my business again. Two pound. <laughs> two pound. But it was that stacked on a couple of cardboard boxes because I couldn't fit the table in and you couldn't really zoom. They haven't got, I can't remember the lens now. My camera's got a lens that kind of fits the whole table in, but an iPhone camera hasn't got that. So it was just getting kind of a really zoomed in thing. So I had to stack it up on some boxes and then carefully arrange the game so it would all fit in the frame because the camera couldn't move. And I couldn't zoom in or out or anything. And then I've I've not gone back and watched those for probably quite soon after they went up. What's the first game you did? Castles of Burgundy, the card game. Ooh. Did you like it? I did. I really liked it. And I didn't do do the last part on those videos. It was just a playthrough and then see ya. Because that, that, that was a conscious thing of like, oh, Rado's always going on about how he doesn't want to give his opinions on things, so I'll just not give my opinions. And then there's no there's nothing to worry about. And then eventually I just caved in and wanted to start giving my opinions and then regretted oh, that I'd done it. I saw that. No, no, what did I see? I seen something talking about, there's another question about folks saying, if you are given a playthrough video on something and you're well known, does that mean you're endorsing a game by agreeing to do a playthrough in the first place? It's like... Uh, no. Next question. Yeah. Like, Absolutely not. And you could look at the. There aren't that many, but there are definitely enough playthroughs I've done where I've had to say I didn't like this. Is it tough when you do that? Because I um I wrote a preview for um Darwin's Choice, who which for some reason, and because it was a fun game, it did have its kind of its concerns for me. Um has gone on to fund magnificently on Kickstarter, so congratulations to Mark Dewar and 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 the team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was the kind of thing is, I'm going to take something that I know you have been working on for at least potentially a couple of years of your life, and I'm going to tell you that I actually don't really like this. I'm yeah, it's, it's horrible. Even, even with games, like, that's that's probably the worst... When when it's it, it hasn't happened very often, but when you have to go to a Kickstarter person, that's, that's sometimes just the person that designed the game is the person running the Kickstarter, and you have to tell them I, I really didn't like it, and I don't think I can make the video for it because I, it, I just I, I didn't think anything was good about it at all. I don't think that's ever happened actually. That's probably exaggerating, but yeah, even 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 the ones where I did like the game and they're like. Give me your feedback. Be as blunt as possible. Like, uh, I'm far too English no. to be blunt as possible. Sorry. Even if you walk, even if you walked up and slapped my face, man, I'd, <laughs> I'd have I'd have ridiculous trouble actually complaining about it. Um, you know, and I'd apologise. I'd actually apologise for your game being rubbish. <laughs> it's not very good, is it? I am terribly sorry, though. But it's not very good. It's just the artwork. You can't really do things in crayon, can you? I'm terribly <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> it's that thing. 
I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I, you, you I, never know how people are going to react to any of your feedback, really. It's like just the, the one thing. Remember, remember, sir, I sent you, I sent <laughs> you the review copy of the game, so I have your home address. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> But, you know, that's a lot of cardboard. That stuff could just go up. <laughs> It'd be unfortunate for a match to land in the wrong place, Mr. Heath. <laughs> what's your um, what's your take on... Now that we're talking kind of previewing, reviewing games, okay? What's your kind of your take on um, scores? Numbers? A review scores? Yes. Yeah, review scores. I've, Providing I mean, board games with a metric. I never liked that, even even with video game reviews or anything like that. I, I could understand why they did that, because Metacritic existed. And if you wanted your review featured on a website that millions of people go to, yeah. you had to put a score on your review. And there are a couple of websites that were kind of like, yeah, we, we don't believe in them, but... Yeah, it's it's the done thing, and so I'm glad that they don't really. Do they kind of exist in board games? There's the there's the geek rating, isn't there? On, on yeah, the I think it goes as far as the geek rating, but that's kind of. Uh, I, think I think Dice Tower do, maybe retrospectively give them numbers. Yes. I know in Tom's look back videos he's got numbers on them, but I don't think he gives them at the time. I don't know if you can give something a number at a time because I know people they would give Scythe a nine, but I would give Star Realms a nine. But it's a different type of nine. It's like one of them is nine dogs and the other one is like nine hamsters. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a kind of a comparable number. So I never get these. I've seen them. I'm you know, I've seen them um I've seen a couple of websites that are scoring games based on a number. And I'm just like they're go and they're actually doing the breakdown. So they're doing, Oh, this is what we give for graphics, this is what we give for playability, this is what we give for replayability and I'm like, Well, how can you how can you even score that unless you have had the game over a considerable period of time? And how do you yeah. compare a game? You know. Yeah, it's. A, I, I've tried and failed to go through my collection and just rate it for myself. Not not even to like to put out in the videos or anything. Just yeah. to kind of just to try and assemble like a top ten or something like that. If yeah. I ever did one of those, and it's so difficult. Yeah. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. I. I, yeah. I, I, I like when if it's in a party situation, I I think Times Up is so amazing, and I love it. But does that mean it should be in my top ten? Because it's like in a specific situation, it's the best game by miles. But generally, ninety nine percent of the time, I'm not in that situation, and so I wouldn't be playing it. So it's hard to kind of I don't know. I don't know where these things go, and it's hard. Like, do you, do you use the board game geek? Rating system that's a bit weird. Their descriptions of like ten is what's ten. I I love that. I will always want to play this game forever. It's something like that. It's something weirdly worded like that. Well, I don't I, I don't want to say that about any game. I think I I'd gotten to the I'd gotten to the point where ten was like I can't remember where I saw it, but a description of ten out of ten being the best, the best at what it does in the best in its field. Yes. In its in its little corner, yes. the best at the moment. Yes. But then the Is best it... the best type of board game that that particular board game could be based on what it could be 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 be. be. <laughs> Is there a B in here? Um. But anyway, no. But then I see like Luke Hector, the broken meeple, fantastic guy. He does 
top tens and top hundreds and stuff like that. But he doesn't actually rate the games. He just says, okay, this is a game that I absolutely love. I'm not saying this game is rubbish. I'm saying that the one at 100 isn't terrible. What I'm just saying is, out of the 100 games you've given me, this is the one that I will go back to again and again and again. Yeah. Kind of thing, which is always quite is always kind of quite quite interesting. Um, <clears throat> you, I mean, you've got. I think things are going well. I mean, you can't deny. I mean, you've got you know six thousand subscribers. You, um, you've also kind of engaged in the community in terms of um, Kickstarter as well, as yeah. in Kickstarter kind of helping you to kind of fund. You know, yeah, fun still. doing it. I mean, is it is that a strange, is that a strange thing to, is I mean, why that you know why that why did you think kind of Kickstarter kind of route for that kind of thing? Well, Patreon hadn't been done as much then. Yeah. Well, it's only a year ago now. Like yeah. pl- plug, there'll there'll be some kind of crowdfunding thing coming in a couple of weeks. If you're <laughs> listening to this a little late, go find it and give me give me a few pennies. But yeah, it was like it's. So I think, again, to mention Rado, many many successful yearly Kickstarters at the time because it was it was almost a year ago that I'd done it. So he hadn't moved to Patreon, and I don't think Actual Lol had done his yet. But I, I kind of like, I like the big. It's hard to explain now. The big coming together of it all that it's this big event, like not so big in my case, but. For, in terms of my channel's timeline, quite a big little milestone that like, and it's kind of a proof of concept of does do people want this? Like, do you want this to carry on? Because uh, things had changed in my financial situation, and I couldn't spend the amount of money I was spending on games anymore. So it was kind of, do I carry on the channel on a smaller scale and just do old games, or would you like to? see the thing I've been doing carry on and I'll use that money to buy games and so it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of work to get the campaign together and then it's a lot of kind of worry and upkeep once it's launched but it was brilliant to like it, it funded the day it went up it wasn't a very high goal it was something like was it 1500 the the main goal for the channel so it yeah, wasn't yeah. some incredibly lofty thing, but yeah. still, from from having nothing to that, it was it was amazing to see that fun. And then it eventually got to the the stretch goal was to send me to Essen, so it got two and a half thousand at the end, which I was amazed by. That I think it was two hundred over two hundred people wanted to contribute to it, and I had three thousand subscribers back then. I think a year ago, so that that many that that bigger proportion wanted to contribute was brilliant. And that, that that many people like when when you're making the pledge levels and things, yeah. And you think, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for this amount of money to have video, have your name in the credits, or I'm gonna ask for this much money, and what you get is a vote. But p- people do want that, and like like I've wanted that from channels that I've backed on various crowdfunding things. So like it, it is really good to be involved in any kind of little way and to be contributing to it at the same time. I assume. That's how people felt when they were backing me. I hope it is. But, yeah, hopefully it continues. I think, you know what I think it is? I think that people find it difficult to... Okay, 
This is going to sound really weird. Where am I going with down this rabbit hole? Um, it's curiouser and curiouser, said Alice. Um, I think, in general, some people find it quite difficult to praise somebody directly without being the, f- the fear of sounding sycophantic. Yeah. I am terrible at it. I will... I on Twitter, I will go ahead and I will retweet people and I will on occasion just say, oh, listen, check this person out. They're fantastic. And I I don't, you know, I have no qualms about that. I know that there's a lot of people that find it difficult to to do that. They will retweet stuff and people will be really supportive and they'll listen and they'll like and they'll subscribe. But sometimes they want to do something extra, but they're not sure how to do it. And I think some of the ways that they do it is if they appreciate you... um, it's allowing your audience to give you a, 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 like a round of applause Yeah. once you've reached a certain section. I remember um, somebody um, being quite adamant about this in terms of when I was at doing... I used to do theatre stuff ages ago. It was same thing. But they always said, you can't ever finish like a show or something like that and not allow your audience to show your sense of appreciation. And yeah. I think sometimes if you, you know, some people... It's really weird because some people say, well, how do, how, how do I show my appreciation? Well, just, you know, retweet me or like me or thank me or leave us a rating or leave us a review. Because that is really, really cool to get somebody kind of like tweeting at you or sending you a message and saying, oh, I just, I really enjoyed that show or that was a lot of fun or I can't believe you said that or whatever. I think that's kind of cool. I think for other people... Um, the Patreon thing, they maybe don't want to do that, or but you know, Kickstarter is something that they're probably very, really, really familiar with, and it's very easy for them to turn around and say, you know, Tom, well done, I've really enjoyed your stuff, so let's let's kind of help you grow, kind of that way, and you're never looking for like, you know, you're never kind of looking for kind of like life changing money, kind of thing, you know, I think no. you have to be kind of, kind yeah, of it's not it's not gonna finance my mansion, yeah, <laughs> that's what my GoFundMe is for. Go for buy Tom, buy Tom, buy Tom, buy Tom a big mansion so he can change his second name to Heathcliff. <laughs> yeah, th- this year's Kickstarter is to find a place big enough to fit all the games in, so it's going to be a massively. Can you not just goal. build like a house out of games? Have you not got to the point? You know, do you get do you just get games sent to you? I mean, is it difficult to turn games down? Are there one? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we've look, I, I, you know, there's a couple. We've been sent. I've been sent a couple of preview games recently and I'm kind of like oh yeah here we go but the other part of it is I need to find some place to store them I mean do you is it do you get offered games quite a lot because of the YouTube channel are you always waking up to emails saying you know hi Tim <laughs> it's, really... it's a lot more regular now it's oh yeah it's like hello hello content provider <laughs> we are big fans of your channel hello slacker draps <laughs> <laughs> hi but it's it's probably I don't know what proportion now I, d- I definitely get sent more games than I ever did before but I've got more subscribers and make more videos than I ever did before so it seems to make sense in that way but there are still like like again I don't really know the proportion but I, f- I, I am saying no to probably more games than I'm saying yes to but usually that's because I can see something in the rules or see something in the game itself that it would be it would be I would be wasting your time accepting a copy of it. Like it's it's harder with Kickstarters because with Kickstarters you've got the added thing of maybe I'm giving a spotlight to something that wouldn't otherwise have one. So you, yeah, or you're just you're brightening that spotlight. I'm sticking with it. 
Yeah. No, no, I mean, that's right. I mean, sometimes or you, you realise that you've bought the wrong bulb. Um, and the, But bulbs are expensive. This is the other thing that I'm always concerned about is when I get, somebody sends me, I mean, I do get emails nowadays and it's like, give us an address and we'll send you a game. And I'm kind of like, D- I don't know, I'm not comfortable with you sending yeah. me out stuff because I know it's costing you money and unless, you know, if it's certain other organisations, um, you know, come on. Bring it on, um, you can you can you can send me stuff morning, noon, and night, you lovely darlings. Um, but I'm also very very conscious that I'm kind of like this is why I'm more likely to get a Kickstarter guy on the show so they can talk about the game because then I don't know that I'm you know I'm quite happy that I'm not getting kind of like a package delivered. I'm gonna have to kind of chat about the game. I mean, there's some people that I know, and they'll say, "Oh, do you fancy having a shot of the game?" I mean, I got a a loan of Gladiatores recently yeah. by um, from Bad Cat Games, which I played it for about 30 minutes and completely really liked it. Me and my son just absolutely adored it. And he says, well, do you want to review it? Do you want to preview it for a Kickstarter? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> Definitely. Um, is there games that you've said no to that have then turned out to be kind of like the darlings of Kickstarter that you've went, chuff, damn. I don't think I've ever regretted... Not uh, like I can't. I can't think of specific things now. I, sh- I should have prepared a big list. Uh, I should have been keeping a list s- the whole way through. Of... I sent you the show notes, Tom. It's on page four of the yeah, show I knew notes it was section three I in the grid. You know, I, I should have checked the it. script. I wrote a macro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are definitely. Like, I, I don't think there were ones where I've been like, "Oh, I wish I'd done the video for it now." Yeah, I think it's always been like, "Yeah, this is this has turned out to be a big success," and. The views would have been nice, but maybe they might not have appreciated the video of me going, I don't like it. Like, I don't, I don't really like it. There's, there's fighting in this. <laughs> Wait, this is not, you don't buy property in it. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't like Monopoly. What's that? What's the community chest? That's not the type of chest I'm looking for. <laughs> I want a community one. Sexist. But well, I mean, is, I mean, okay. So the, I guess the other question is: Are there games? I mean, with there being quite a lot of content creators, is there different levels of content creators? I mean, let's face it. Okay, let's look at Rodney Smith. Ah, right, Rado. <laughs> ah, and then you know, um, and then Paul Grogan. All right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a. Oh, I'm going to do my rules. You know. Paul's doing his rules video, I think, at the moment for Founders of Gloomhaven. And then obviously Rado's doing the kind of the next big hotness that he likes. And then you've got, you know, lovely, delicious Rodney Smith, who, you know, it just seems to be churning out videos with all the greatest kind of hotness. Do you think there's a kind of a level to that? Is there still like a little bit of a glass ceiling to kind of get the names, the bigger names to kind of like... I'd like to, I'd like to review your game or I'd like to preview your game or I'd like to feature the game on the show. Yeah, there there is that, but it's kind of a it's kind of a weird unknown. Like you don't really know when you're at the level when people like that would would have a video off you. Like all the different publishers and and designers or whatever, if it's a Kickstarter, have got kind of their their idea of what they want from you know subscribers or viewers or things. Mm-hmm. And since everybody's got this different level and they're not going to publish that number anywhere you like starting out i was asking you know for 
yeah, would you like me to make a video? And obviously, loads of when I was first going to Essen, and I had however many hundred subscribers, like understandably, not many people wanted a video. <laughs> but it's kind of that, you know, and and the few people that did want a, want a video, it's like this, this is amazing. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. But and it, it, it is interesting how that shifts then into like at this point, she's going, oh, I've, I've got too many free games. Moan, moan, moan. <laughs> but is it not that terrifying, you get that terrifying question which they just turn around, they push their glasses slightly down their nose so they can see you, and they say, so um, what's your reach then? <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know if this is good or not. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's not like, you know, it's not like we're kind of open and, and kind of, it's not like, well, we can. We used to be. And then we discovered that everybody else who's really big don't bother kind of giving you a hint of their numbers and then everybody else who's in the mm. middle kind of, some of them do and some of them don't. And then you're sending emails kind of throwing wild stabs in the dark going, it's 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 4,000 enough. And you just, you have no idea. It's like yeah. you, try, you, try, you try to bid on a house that you've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. You don't like you don't... When you don't know if it's like like I didn't get in touch with you know publishers that maybe like an asthma day or anybody yeah. thinking like am I going to be insulting I've got a thousand subscribers I don't wa- I don't want to email now because am I going to be insulting them by asking them at this point are they going to or is that the point that you should be asking them who knows yeah, I know. like you don't you don't want to ask them too soon and then think well I've, I've burned my bridges there now like looking <laughs> like that amateur. But then you don't know because I know of people. It's like I have conversations with folk, and they sound like, "So how's it? you do have the kind of so how's it going?" Then oh, we're doing this, and you're like going, "Okay, that's fine." And then what did you just get? Oh, we just got this sent to us, this, 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 and this, and it's like you got what sent to you? Yeah, you asked them, and you you, you wonder, well, well, do I do I kind of ask? Do you feel conscious that you have to communicate, kind of constantly promoting yourself as well? I mean, do you feel, or are you at the point where you kind of like you feel that, that you kind of like, well, we're picking up subscribers, so everything's kind of cushy, or do you still feel the need to, as a okay, as a personality, <clears throat> as a person with anality, are you then pushed to kind of like doing UK Games Expo? Are you pushed to doing kind of like all the other, you know, the SN? Are you pushed to be, you know? Um, doing the other, you know, doing all the other shows coming on. You know, do you feel that you kind of have to turn up at these things? You have to kind of make appearances in order to kind of stay relevant and stay in the spotlight? I think it's more, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like, it feels like you have to go to Essen, really, Mm -hmm. to, just because of the sheer amount of games and the, everybody, not everybody, but a good percentage of people involved in board games are all in that one place. And so if if anybody wants to, like, oh, such and such has heard about you and wants to talk about doing a video, yeah. they're going to be at Essen. Like, rather than it being vague and through emails and things, they, they are there and you can talk to them. And all of these games that might never, might not come out for months and months, the companies might suddenly change hands and their, their games that were about to come out suddenly get delayed months and months i think that's happened in america with mayfair's games yeah so like it's it's all right there so if it feels more for that reason that kind of that that weird hunger of having to play all of these games is satisfied and the 
the need to have all of this stuff for the channel. Like that's as much as some people do say, like, you know, why don't you cover the older games more often? And I would love to, but it is kind of the fact that most people most people want to see what the latest thing is, and it's understandable because they want to decide if they want to spend their money on it, usually. Yeah. Or yeah. they're just interested in it and want to see it. And so, yeah, if you if you lived in Roman times, you'd live in Rome. That's the thing that people said, isn't it? <laughs> Does that apply? It just pops into my head. I need to Google that. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. I think our issue at the moment is I simply, because of my life situation, I can't disappear for three days. Yeah. To Expo, I can't disappear for two days to Aircon as much as I would love to. There will be a point where I will probably show up and folk will go, I remember you, you're the wizard guys. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of struggling with that because I know there's just like, am I happy where the show's going? Yes, I am happy where the show's going. Do I sit there and fret about the numbers? I kind of used to when they were smaller, but I don't bother now because it's like, it just they take care of themselves you know we have lovely lovely people that say wonderful wonderful things and yeah. every new person that we speak to usually gives us a couple of other new people who are f- listening to the podcast because they want to follow what that kickstarter creator is going and we love yeah. lis- we love hearing from people that listen to the show because it's the only way. I mean, there's different YouTube. I guess YouTube comments. It's like you might get the same kind of thirty, forty, sixty, a hundred people kind of commenting that. I guess you start to recognise. But I guess it'd be lovely to hear more feedback to actually get that more communication as well, which is always yeah. good. So it's kind of like a strange. It's always place. nice to get more. Yeah, so you know, and it's not like we're. I'm not looking for people to walk up to us and say you are the best thing that's ever happened to people that don't like wizards. You know, I'm guessing. You know, I don't know how to go to an analogy with your thing <laughs> because you're the best slidey, slickery, trippy thing I've ever laid eyes on. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't care how small my world is as long as I'm the king of it. Yeah, but where'd you get the name from? I mean, that's not something you woke up with. That's a hell of a slicker drip you've got. It just came to me in a dream. Oh, I don't want the to man know. On a, the man on a flaming pie that said you are slicker drips with an eye, and I am. <laughs> did, did they have a beard? No, it would have burnt off. <laughs> of course it would. Slightly charred. <laughs> did it just come to you and say, right, what's... The, what, okay, did you go through the... Let's call ourselves meeples this, or see this, or... Bored of this, well, or rule this, and you're just kind like... of avoiding that was part of it. But like ev- everybody, I recommend you press the skip fifteen seconds button because the real explanation of it is boring, and I would rather you stuck with that it was a dream. Uh, but the real answer is that just, it's the name okay. of a song, and that's it. That's it's as interesting as that. I I always thought that it was a really cool name for a song. It's a White Stripes song from their first album, The White Stripes, that I'm sure you've all listened to. It's late on in the album. It's about a minute and something seconds. It's brilliant. Everybody loves it. But I just thought that sounds like a really nice combination of words. I've since found out that people don't like that as a combination of words in the majority. The people that do comment on what they think of the name, they rarely say, oh, what a beautiful sounding name you've picked there. (laughs) 
but I liked it. I never. People seem to read dirty things into it. I I never did. I just thought that's a that's a really weird clashing of consonants and things going on there. I really liked it. And and it was like consciously. I I, I know how creative I am with coming up with names for things, and it will be some kind of pun that is either used or that is that would just make me cringe every time I said it on a video. So let's just make something completely irrelevant to board games. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I think you're just, you're looking at me nowhere to go. What are they saying? I just don't know. A floor below me, a ceiling above. I'm in the middle with nobody to love. Nobody to love. Nobody to love. Oh, that's nobody it? To love. That's the whole song? Yeah. It's so good. Everybody, it's on YouTube. Like now, I come up in the results for it, <laughs> so it's, which is pretty satisfying. But yeah, oh, you, sh- so you should listen to it. It's really it's as as the white stripes were incredibly stripped down and basic, but beautiful. Let's do another podcast about the white stripes. I have I I I would need to get um I would need to get educated about the white stripes first of all, Mister Jack White and everything that he's done because. Uh, I don't know, that was more than 15 seconds, Tom. I don't know how we're going to cut this out. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> You'll just listen to it in the middle. Just, the people I that skip 15 seconds will just be really confused. I know what the end song's going to be, if I can put it on, but I don't know if we'd then get hit for copyright kind of thing. <laughs> I think you have to put like less than 10 seconds off or something like that. I might put it in, I might not. Just put means, 10 seconds of it in, it'd be it even more confusing. Might means effort and work. It might be. Oh, you could just sing it at the end. I don't think that. I'll sing. I'll sing you the weird instrumental bridge through it. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't know if I want that. I don't right. know if I want that. But what's next for the channel then? I mean, are you? I mean, as again, as a as a case of, are you actively just cruising, or are you like you know, sticking it down a gear so you can start accelerating again? Are you quite kind of like, yeah, we're good. You know, things are fine. I'm quite happy where we are. You know. You know. Are you are you are you chasing? It'd be it's like everything. It'd be nice to do it full time. It's yeah. always nice to do it full time. But are you quite happy to kind of cruise along and just say, "Look, I've got my audience. I've got my fan base. I've got people that like me. I've got people that watch me," kind of thing. It is kind of in that place where, yeah, like I say about worrying about the numbers and things. I've I've stopped that by now. I haven't done that for quite a while. But part of that was realizing that none of that worrying that I did changed the numbers. Yeah. So it's just something that I had to stop doing. But yeah, it's it's kind of it's still ramping up, and more and more people, more and more companies will come to me and say, "Oh, do you want to do a game? Oh, I've just found out about you. Do you mm-hmm. want to cover this?" So it's still kind of accelerating in that way. And yeah. then yeah, you look at you look at the subscriber number every now and again and think, "Oh wow, it's at that now." So it's still kind of going up in this really cool way that I'm pleased with. But yeah. the, the biggest thing is, yeah, it's it's not a full-time thing. It's just something that I do in my free time. And the amount of videos that I make and want to make, like I'd like to make more than I make now. But with filming them and editing them and everything, it takes so much time. Yeah. That kind of increasing it is pretty impossible. How long does it take to make a video? I don't really know. Well, in terms of just filming it and editing it, Okay, let's prob- look at the okay the village, from the villagers. Sorry, from the start to the finish. I mean, how long how long did it take you to actually put that whole thing together? Well, that's like actually a s- quite a quick one. 
All right then. Okay. <laughs> because well, big, big, it had to be because yeah. they they ran into problems getting the prototypes out, and oh, so right. I think I only had like a week with it or something like that. Whoa. But still, that took it took about. So we had to play it a couple of times, and then filming it took maybe I think it took about an hour and a half. But it's quite a quick game. Just anyway, I think it's the playtime of the game would be about half an hour or something, usually. And then editing it took maybe two and a half to three hours. And then there's a little bit once it's uploaded, maybe maybe 20 minutes sorting out the descriptions, posting it to Board Game Geek, doing the end screens and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember any of those numbers that I just said, but you listeners at home, pop your thinking caps on. And add those numbers up, and that's how long that video took. Uh, uh, multi- yeah. Multiply it by the amount of pre- appreciation that you should be showing. <laughs> but yeah, the the I'd say however long, it probably takes at least twice as long as the video is to film it, at least. And then twice that at least to edit it. So that's kind of a rough guide. Yeah. But sometimes surprisingly longer than that. Like, yeah. And a lot of that filming time, when it comes down to editing it, is just silence. Some t- some some games, especially the complex ones, you realise, oh, that's that's why I was filming this for so long. I was just thinking about it for ages and ages and ages, hmm. and forgetting that I'm just supposed to be showing the game off. I'm not supposed to actually try and beat myself. It's <laughs> just getting angry. Come on, move it. <laughs> there must be a way out of this. <laughs> no, I mean, I I'll probably take me about ten minutes to edit this. To be honest. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, I wish, like, like people people do like the edited video format, and like it wouldn't have happened if I if I could just keep going if I could, you know, keep that. Well, I've run out of things to say in the middle of this sentence, but if I could, you know, motor mouth my way through the videos, I would do. But as I said, I end up thinking about things too much or having to go back and reverse things that I've messed up. So editing kind of wormed its way in. See, I'm lucky because we just talk. And then if I edit yeah. it now, it sounds daft. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, if I edit it now... This, this, this could cut. be the first edited one. We'll have no. the White Stripes discussion at the front. We'll yeah. bring Toys R Us down here. Yeah. We'll move it all about. We'll shake it up and down. We'll put in some Will Smith in the middle. That would be nice. Summertime. We could I was thinking could... Wild Wild West. I don't know. It's just not. It's not because it just sounds too much like the Men in Black number. I just think it was just like a direct follow-up. Oh look, Will Smith's done another film. That's look, sacrilege. Let's just copy it up with. Let's just copy it up with. You know, after Men in Black, and just copy the same title. <laughs> is it sacrilege? Are you a big Will Smith I, fan or something? Of of that era, I I really? went to see. I I remember we were we went on holiday to Butlins in I think Skegness. Awesome. When Wild Wild West came out, so awesome, and I went, I went to see it every night of that holiday, <laughs> and I don't want to watch the film now as an adult because I understand that it's probably going to be awful. But I think I, I think I, I, I sorry, I, five nights in a row. I think Wild Wild West has got some cringe stuff in it. Well, it's got a giant mechanical spider as the yeah, the, but then it's called not the spoilers. King. We should cut that bit out. People might not have seen it yet. It's well by the West. There's a giant mechanical spider. It's got Kevin Klein dressing up as a woman. So 
it's got Will Smith and Kenneth Branagh kind of having questionable kind of discussions between yeah, they're, each they're, other. They're kind, of, they, the kind of insult battle that they throw at each other. <laughs> kind of racist it's, versus anti-disabled. Kind of ableist game yeah. of stuff that's kind of going on. I was like, is this meant to be edgy? Why am I feeling uncomfortable? Why do I feel like I've stepped into a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> kind of thing? But it's all, yeah. But, but for the theme, but for the theme song, every everyone just go and listen to that. It's, I think it's widely accepted as the pinnacle it's, of rap. It's it's so not good. It's just so not good. It's just not. It's not a good song. Sorry, Tom. I hate I, to get it leave you. I mean, there's I, men, the Men in Black one was better because I had the singing alien in the video. Do you know what I mean? And then I had the nice little kind of dancing. Kind of thing, you know. Let's walk with me. Let's walk with me. Let's slide and slide and slide. And then it had the singing bit in the middle. It was cool. You're annoyed that Wild Wild West didn't have dance moves. <laughs> I must admit, I'm slightly peeved by it. Yeah, slightly put out. So, <laughs> it's slightly, you know, I find it a little bit of a constant irritation. Up, up, you know, across apart from obviously, apart from many things, you know. But anyway, um. Well, the Wild Wild West era is the time when he started laughing at himself all the time. If you listen to all of the songs that he did at that point, there's always a ha-ha-ha-ha, like Freaking It especially. Everyone go back and listen to Freaking It. You're a really big fan, aren't you? I really like Will Smith. I I think mainly it's a carryover. (laughs) I was there, man. You weren't there at the time. What do you mean I wasn't there at the time? Of course I wasn't there at the time. Were you loving it at the time? Look, at, I like summertime, yeah, and I was into the big, you know. So I was, I was too young two, for that. I've, I've never come two, back into summertime. Six o'clock, Fresh Prince. Some, oh, summertime's a good song, kind of. But it's maybe some of that lyrics. is my... It's like everything's got questionable lyrics now. You go back to the night you said anything, you go like, wow, this was such a good song. Oh, no, you're saying that about <laughs> women. Oh, no, you're saying that about other people. What are you doing? And then you just walk off. But no, Will's done all right. He's done all right. He's you a good lad, isn't he, Will Smith? <laughs> you need to do an entire podcast. I could do. I could do one. We'll do a White Stripes one. We could do a Will Smith one. We could do like yeah. We but could just call just it. discussing the albums. Just discussing the albums and the music because there's never any music podcasts out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, face it. There could always be more. How, how many of them are covering World Wild West? I probably probably minus five. Um... <laughs> Well, if you if you if you have it all on shuffle and you're unfortunate enough to get the album version, he's got this weird little intro where he's talking to his son when he's just a little baby boy before he started talking about mirrors and all the crazy stuff that old Jaden talks about now. Oh, and he's reading him like the list of the songs that are on the album, and I don't know these songs, but they're crazy. He's like, I got the rain, I got uh, what do you want to hear? And the and Jaden is like, wah wah wah. And so he's like, all right, and sings Wah Wah West. Which, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't pick it up, is what he meant by Wah Wah Wah. You've got a Will Smith poster in your room. I just uh, know. There is one folded up in the house somewhere. <laughs> I just knew it. They came free with the singles. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Jazzy Jeff, I take it you just abandoned him as soon as Will got his fame. Is that what you did with him? Well, he's, he's still producing behind the scenes. He is. Just, he never left know, him. He just took him off the credit. Just took him off that. Took him off the front of the album. He's so just in the booklet now. Here you go, folks. You come for the playthrough, and you end up with some big Willie styling. Yeah, I could I could bore people to death 
for podcasts on end with the White Stripes, Will Smith. If you want to hear boring studio facts about the Beatles, I could do a podcast of those as well. If you do that, I'm going to get in the call. If you go near the Beatles. (coughs) Can't do the Beatles. I just can't. I can't. I just can't. I'm not. No, I can't. White Stripes, yeah. Will Smith, yeah. Beatles. Okay, that's fine. It's okay. Now that I've deeply offended you, where can we say now? Where, where can we find it's on? It's all kicked off. Where can we find you, Mister Tom, <laughs> Mister Tim Heath? I am on. Oh, you can you can a fancier way of finding my YouTube channel, slickerdrips.co.uk. There you go. Or if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, YouTube.com/slash c/slash slickerdrips. But there's too many s's saying all of that. There is. And then. Sounds like Twi- steam escaping. <laughs> and then Twitter, slicker underscore drips, because somebody years ago probably liked that White Stripes song and took the non-underscore version. It's probably Jack White. It he's could just, be. Just, I don't want anybody nicking my name and turning it into a YouTube channel for doing walkthroughs of board games. I'm going to get that handle. I am waiting for the inevitable cease and desist. It's never going to happen. It might happen, actually. It'll probably happen now, because we do have more listeners in America than we do in the UK. <laughs> if it leads to more people hearing that song, and then yeah. go and explore all of their albums, because they're Ex- better than you think. Even if you think they're really good, they're better than you think. <laughs> you know more White Stripes songs than you think you do. Yeah. <laughs> Last time I heard that was about Crowded House, and I went, no, I don't. I went, oh, actually, I do. <laughs> yeah, now you come to mention it. Well, I I didn't know it had become like like my brother knows Seven Nation Army from the footballs. Yes, they chant it at the footballs now. Yes, and they he's do. got he's got no concept that that's a song. No, or he doesn't. That there's a band behind behind no. it. That's that's a football chant. No, it's not. It's a very good song. Can we have Seven Nation Army back, please? <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you keep an eye on what we're up to, I have no idea why. And we, we we adore you. We want to kiss your cherry noses and play with your little cauliflower ears. Um, you can find us on various different channels. You can go to Twitter, which is We're Not Wizards. You can go to Facebook, which is We're Not Wizards. You can go to um, the website, We're Not Wizards.com. You can go to our blog, which we've kind of started writing things. I, I write things, um, which is We're Not Wizards.blogspot.com. You can email us, which is magic at wearenotwizards.com. If you want to just say hello or if you'd like to come on the show and have a chat, um, that would be fantastic. You can find us on YouTube as well. We are youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. Um, we're on all the podcast places. There's Stitcher, there's Spreaker, there's Acast, there's Player FM, um, there's Podbean. You can go into Podbean. Podbean are fantastic. What they do is they automatically take every episode that we do and we put it onto YouTube so people can watch a podcast happening. I don't know how that works, but somehow it does. Um, if you like what you've listened to tonight, please jump onto Apple Podcasts and consider dropping us a subscription. Um, and if you like us even more, consider giving us a rating or a review. Um, if you do, then... Don't give us 10, because it makes us big-headed. But don't give us 1, because it makes us cry. Give us 5, because it's in the middle, and it's average. And we 
are decidedly a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight, he's a little bit slicky. He's a little bit tricky. He's a little bit drippy. <laughs> he's waiting for the lawyers to get in contact. It's a wonderful, fantastic. Mr. Tom Heath. Thank you for coming on, sir. Thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. And there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. <clears throat> Though, no, that's that's for another podcast. Um, are we wizards, Tom? I don't think I've been. I've been assured that you're not. I'm absolutely, potentially not. And the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the wonderful, the fantastic, the highly entertaining. Go and check out his stuff, for goodness sake. Why are you listening to us? Go and follow slickerdrips.co.uk. Get on, subscribe and start watching his fabulous content that he puts out there. It's definitely a pro follow and a pro subscribe on YouTube. Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Every time, fantastic. Love it. I flipped it around. You did. You did. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe. Roll sixes. Where's the rest of this um, White Stripes song? I'm not going to be able to find it to play it. It would be an absolute disaster. Stay safe. Roll sixes. Uh, check out Will Smith's back catalogue. Go and try and listen to the White Stripes. No, cause... not the whole back catalogue. Just Wild Wild West. Just Wild Wild On repeat. Wild Wild... Maybe Wild freaking Wild... it. So many Where... awards he could start a Grammy chessboard. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, I can't follow that up. Um, <laughs> except to say goodbye. <laughs>